most people are afraid to just take action. They're either stuck in analysis paralysis or they're, they say they don't have enough money or whatever excuse they can come up with. They find a way not to get it done. Uh, and that's probably fear-based. So to me, that, you know, that goes back to the very first single family rental that I bought. Yeah, I was a little fearful, but I also knew uh, it was going to turn out better than if I put my money in uh, the stock market or something I couldn't control. I'm Neil. And I'm Brittany. We are a family on a journey towards financial and location independence. Each week, we interview successful real estate entrepreneurs about their chosen investment strategy and rate it based on how much money it took to get started, how long it took to educate themselves, how passive it is, and whether or not they could do it from anywhere in the world. Welcome to the Road to Family Freedom. Before we begin this week's show, I'd like to make you an offer, a free 30-minute call with me. We've been doing weekly chats with other real estate investors for months now, and the response has been great, but we're going to change things up a bit and focus. We are buying self-storage facilities. We have a great partner in North Carolina with a great track record of success, a background in construction, and we're partnering up to help him expand his portfolio. If you have an interest in learning more about investing in self-storage, on the active side, on the passive side, whatever your level of interest, we want to talk to you. There's no pitch here. We're not selling a coaching program. This is just a chance for us to network with other investors interested in self-storage. Also, if you're a current self-storage owner, we'd love to chat with you and perhaps have you as a guest on our show. If all that sounds like something you'd be interested in, go to roadtofamilyfreedom.com slash self-storage call and schedule a call there. I look forward to speaking with you. All right, enough out of us. Let's hit the road to family freedom. Greetings, friends and families. I'm Neil, and you're listening to the Road to Family Freedom podcast. Our guest this week is an investor from Ohio. He started buying single-family rentals in 2015. In 2019, he pivoted to self-storage and has purchased two facilities in just six short months. He may have closed on another one since I started talking, and he's rapidly nearing financial freedom. John Farling, welcome to the Road to Family Freedom. Thank you. I appreciate it and uh, excited to uh, discuss storage and uh, real estate investing with you today. Oh, I'm excited as well. So was I right? Have you, you last time, last we sort of, when I first became aware of you, you had closed on two facilities, but you were close to closing on a couple more. Did you close on those yet? No. Um, next Friday, scheduled to close on the one and the other one, uh, it's SBA financing. So uh, probably about two, two and a half months from now, hopefully. Okay. All right. Yeah, the SBA financing is uh, fantastic, but it's uh, it can take a while. It ain't absolutely fast. no. It is not, and they they want <laughs> every piece of information they can from you. Yeah, I, I've once heard uh, I've often heard it described as getting a tax audit, uh, a mortgage underwriting, and a proctology exam all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Although you know, as as much as I can complain about that um, with COVID nineteen. Um, I currently have two other SBA loans for two other facilities and they are paying my loans for six months. So wow. not, you know, I, I don't have to pay, pay them back at any point. They are paying my loans for six months. Which wow. Is pretty nice. And was that, um, was that out of necessity or did you do that out, out of abundance, out of an abundance of caution? They just did that for me. Um, I don't okay. have to do anything with it. They, it's just automatically paid for. Okay. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get in. We'll get more into yeah. sort of COVID and things like that. But I want to go back to um, before we start talking in depth about storage. 
you came from a real estate family, as I understand. Uh, you started down the road of buying single family rentals back in 2015. Uh, and then you made the shift to self-storage starting in 2019. Um, can you, do you recall an exact moment where you decided to shift strategies? Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably 2000, late 2018, um, started looking into um, other market, other segments. Um, I wanted to get into multifamily, uh, probably 2017, 18, and was sending out mailers, just couldn't find anything. The market was just too hot. Um, so started looking at other avenues, um, found a car wash for sale, uh, within two miles of my house and went down that path, learned about SBA financing. Um, basically you can leverage your money, uh, better, uh, lower down payment. And, um, that deal ended up falling through. However, I learned that self storage, uh, you can get SBA loans through for self storage. So, uh, yeah, end of, um, 2018, I really started digging into it. Uh, Mike Wagner, actually, who you've had on the podcast, um, yeah. I, I found him on Bigger Pockets um, and uh, uh, learned everything I could about self storage um, and then learned a lot from Mike as well. Um, so, yeah, that was my biggest pivot right there was because of the SBA loan, uh, can bring mm. less money down. Uh, found out I could invest in, in smaller towns. I live in Columbus, Ohio. So, it, it's very competitive, even in, in storage. Um, and I found that it was, um, I guess, better suited to where I wanted to go, um, um, investing in, in self-storage in smaller towns. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so for somebody who's maybe not familiar, well, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. You know, you, you, you started down the path, you had four or five single family homes. Is that correct? Four. Yep. Four. And, you know, why not keep building out that portfolio? Yeah, and I could have. Um, late last year, uh, someone reached out to me um, off market, said, hey, do you, are you interested in selling your, your rental? And this was actually a, a student rental. Um, and I said, make me an offer. They made me a pretty good offer, and, uh, and I took it. Um, and then that, that's when I really started getting the storage around that time. Um, and I've used HELOCs uh, for down payment, stuff like that. So where I saw my equity in my other three rentals, um, I said, you know what? I'm just not getting the returns that I am with storage. Um, at, at best, I was probably getting, I don't know, 15 to 20% uh, cash on cash return for my single family houses. Um, they required more work. Um, so yeah, I just decided to let's go all in on storage. And <laughs> here I am about a year later. We'll see what happens. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you think you would have had the, do you think you would have felt comfortable going right into storage without having first gone through those, uh, those buying those single family homes? That's a great question. Um, probably not. Um, my first month of owning my storage facility, well, I can probably say first two weeks, um, closed end of June, uh, went on vacation, uh, to Florida with my family. And within that first week and a half, I had phone calls of people breaking into units. I had phone calls of uh, people living in units. And I had phone calls of um, drugs, um, being drug paraphernalia on the property. So yeah, I was freaking out a little bit. However, dealing with things similar to that with single family rentals um, kind of calloused me to those issues. Um, so I didn't freak out as, as I guess, as, as bad as I could have, 
so yeah, uh, single family rentals definitely um, uh, prepped me in more ways than one, you know, as learning just investment strategies, um, financing, um, how to build systems, stuff like that. It, it absolutely helped and, and springboarded me into storage. Yeah, I, I've always told people that, you know, you, you don't really know what you don't know until you, you go through a deal and you use debt to buy a property and, and then you wait for that cash flow to come in. And, and it's a, it's an interesting, you know, people, a lot of people don't realize just how, how nerve wracking it can be and all just the moving parts that you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, my first deal, I, I remember making an offer and this was 2014 um, and it probably took me a good eight months to find a deal that I was comfortable with. Um, so it, it took, a, a, you know, it took some nerve to do that, but by the time you get to your second, third, fourth deal, it's easier to do that. Um, so yeah, with storage, once I found a deal, I, I knew it was a deal. Um, you know, and, and going through that with my, with single family rentals as kind of a beginner course certainly helped. All right. Well, let's pivot to, let's talk about storage. Uh, tell me about that first deal that you bought. What, what were the numbers behind it? How big was it? Sure. Um, sent out, uh, I bought it um, off market, direct mailing uh, campaign, sent out about 60 letters. Um, actually got two deals out of that. Uh, the first deal, smaller town, uh, population is about 12,000. Seller called me, said, hey, I'm ready to sell. Um, I'm literally on site um, every Friday for a few hours, and he lived in, uh, over an hour away. Um, his wife would take phone calls. They were just tired of doing it. They didn't have the right systems in place. Um, I think I offered three. They bought it for, I want to say, 340, uh, four or five years earlier. Um, I offered, I think, 350, and he came back at 375. Um, at that point I was like, you know what, it's, let's just do it. Um, I probably could have beaten them up a little bit, but it wasn't worth it at that point. So, um, they were technically, I think 68% economically occupied. Uh, he kept saying, you know, we're completely full. We're always full. Um, uh, but their collections did not show that. Um, so the little bit of knowledge that I had with storage was, well, one, I know I can get collections up Two, I can get better systems in place. Um, and hopefully raise rents a little bit. Uh, my research wasn't the greatest. I did use, um, I don't know if you've heard of Radius. Uh, I think it's Radius Plus um, to um, kind of dive into other facilities in the area competition. Um, I used that, which um, <laughs> got me about 60% of the way there. After I closed, I found about another three storage facilities in the same town. So the, uh, the competition is, uh, there's more competition than what I thought. Um, however, not really quality competition. Um, so yeah, as, gotcha. as far as that deal, yeah, 375, um, about $30,000 in construction costs. Um, that's a gate. Um, ended up uh, finishing the fence off. It was three-quartered fenced. I finished that off. Um, uh, what I do? Add electrical panel, uh, cameras, those type of things. Gotcha. So you, how much money did you have to come to the table with? 15%, um, which don't quote me, but I think that's around 60,000 somewhere. It was somewhere in there. Okay. Um, 
And does that include uh, the construction? Was a lo- the construction alone as well? Yes, yes, all wrapped okay. into one. Yep, and and that was uh, technically two loans. So SBA loan, um, SBA loans, I believe thirty five percent, and then the bank loaned um, the other portion while I brought fifteen percent to the table. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, how many? What's this? What's the net rentable square feet? Twelve thousand square feet. And there's room to build more. Uh, I have approved plans. Uh, my bank was ready to say, yeah, let's do this. Um, and then uh, COVID-19 hit and they said, hey, put, put this on pause for six months and we'll see where everything's at. Gotcha. And how many square, how many square feet do you think you can add? Uh, it's about 4,000. Okay. And then uh, what, 120 units? It's 103. 103. Right yep. Gotcha. So some yep. pretty, some pretty big units as well. Yeah. Um, five by 10, 10 by 10, 10 by 15 and 10 by twenties. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, I want to circle back to a term you use that some of our, our listeners may not be available and that's economic occupancy. Can you describe for someone who's maybe brand new to commercial real estate, what economic occupancy means? Sure. That's the, uh, uh basically what you collect in rent. Um, so yeah, you could be hundred percent full, but you're only collecting from 70% of the people. Uh, that's basically where the last owner was. And he was happy with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I certainly wasn't. Um, and, and still working through that, um, I found that um, inheriting tenants, um, while it, it, it sounds great, um, I'd say I've got about 10% that are, are still a pain in my side. Um, yeah. So yeah, that explains. Yeah. I've also, you know, the way you think of it too, is like, okay, you know, you, you're charging a hundred dollars a month for, for rent. Uh, but you know, half the people are only paying, uh, 25% because you've given them $25 a month because you've given them some sort of deal that's lasting forever. And you've got other people that aren't paying at all. And it's sort of like, you know, you've got your, your, um, gross potential rental income, what you should be making versus the like actual, what are you actually making? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. The pro forma. Um, and yeah. what I've learned, um, and Grant, I'm, I'm literally just about a year into this. Um, I've learned my pro formas out the window. I've already surpassed that. And that was probably within yeah. six months. Yeah. And what, so this is a pretty, um, it's a pretty small facility. Yep. Sounds like it was pretty, uh, it was, pro- it was a little rough. Uh, um, it's your typical roll up, roll up doors. Um, it was yep. probably 10 years old. So as far as the site, not necessarily, but yeah, as far as quality tenants, yeah, it was rough. Yeah. What was, what's the population in the area like? Uh, lower income, working class. Um, okay. There's actually a facility basically behind mine and then another one within a mile of mine. Um, so yes, it's working class. And I think this area loves storage for whatever reason, this town loves storage. Um, Mm. this small town has, I think seven storage facilities and there's three, you know, within a mile, probably half mile where mine is. Wow. What's the total population of this city? Uh, About 12,000. About 12. You said that already. Yeah. Um, and then uh, how are you managing it? Um, using a call center and a website. Um, and then I probably spend, oh, maybe an hour a week. Um, and that's more or less 
answering some emails, uh, which is rare, and then collecting checks. Um, haven't haven't converted everyone over to paying credit by credit card. I think about a quarter of them are. Um, this is an area where, oh, I'd say forty to fifty percent pay by money order, so mm-hmm. they don't have a banking account. Um, they send their money order every month. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's such an interest. It's so interesting to me that, you know, so what did you ever figure out what the, uh, median income was for the area? I did. Um, I believe it's 35,000. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's so interesting to me that, you know, the, the conventional wisdom on self storage is you want to be in an area where it's, above 45,000 median income, you know, you want the, the supply index to be below 7.4 or whatever it is. Uh, but, you know, one of the things I, when in talking to, to Mike, is that there are areas where it still works where those numbers aren't, you know, aren't perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. If I ran across this deal today, I don't, I wouldn't have bought it at this price. There's no way knowing what I, I don't want to say knowing what I know now, but do, doing my due diligence on the deal, I would not have bought it at this price. Um, however, it's worked out. Um, I've got a bunch of equity in it now. It's worth a lot more than what it was when I bought it um, and it's cash flowing. Um, but yeah, I, I would have never guessed um, without actually getting into the deal, owning it, running it. I would have never guessed it would have performed the way it is right now. Would you have wanted to pay less or more? Oh, without actually owning it, going into it, just looking at numbers on paper, I would have paid less. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. And that's uh, part of it just because the competition in the area that you weren't aware of. Yeah. Competition. Um, yeah. And this, yeah, basically competition, the square foot per capita, I believe when I bought it, I thought it was around eight. I think it's closer to 15 or 16. Uh, wow. So that would have scared me. However, I'm also getting into another deal that I'm closing next week um, that the the um, square foot per capita is around the same amount, 15, 16. Wow. And what, what makes you believe that, you know what, I can go in and I can compete with that and I can still grab that market share? It's a risk. I know it's a risk. Um, I've all, I also know just in the short time I've been doing this that storage owners aren't, aren't the savviest of owners and that's not a knock against them. It's just not many people have taken on, um, I guess this new kind of model of self storage, um, pick up the phone, just answer the phone every time. So with my call center, they better be answering the phone every time from what I know they are. Uh, they can also rent online on my website. Um, at the same time I'm buying and, and same with my first deal, I'm buying an existing business that's been running at numbers I'm comfortable at. So even if I don't improve it, if it just continues to do what's been doing for the past, whatever, five, 10 years, um, I'll still be happy with it. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, and so many of the mom and pops have, you know, sort of got into it and they, they don't treat it like a business. It's sort of just a, or if they do treat it like a business, they basically work in the business and they've gotten tired. It's not worth their time anymore. You know, when they pick up the phone, it's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's uh, a great, you know, it's one of the greatest um, secret shopper techniques I've ever, you know, heard from someone is just pick up the phone and call the competition Yeah. and see how they answer the phone. Yep. 
And, and if they're answering the phone, hello, you know, yeah. Uh, is this Bob storage? Like, yeah. What do you want? You know, Hey, that's, a, that's a, that's a competitor you can probably beat yep. and not, and not even try all that hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, just, just implementing the call center and the website. Um, and that's, I, I learned all that from, from Mike Wagner. Um, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, there's no way I could run it as a business um, as me being the main contact person. I did on my first deal. I did for the first week or so I didn't call for, I didn't forward my phone number to the call center and took those phone calls. And yeah, I, I don't want to do that. Um, so yeah. I get where the, the older owners um, and that's who I'm running into who I'm buying these facilities from. They're just for the most part, older owners who are tired of do, doing it, answering the calls every day, if they're answering. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Gotcha. So, um, have there been any, has self-storage investing met your expectations? Exceeded. Um, okay. without a doubt exceeded. Um, I would have never guessed, um, the two facilities I have right now. I mean, I'm all in on storage. Um, I'm, I'm all in. I am, um, hopefully three months ish away from quitting my nine to five job. Um, and that's because of storage. Uh, my original plan was to do that with single family rentals until I got into it and realized, okay, the numbers aren't really here. Um, I'd have to own, you know, a hundred of these things. Um, yeah. So yeah, storage has um, accelerated that path, you know, <laughs> five years faster than what I thought it would. Gotcha. Have there been any, any unexpected frustrations? Uh, the people living in units. Yeah, that was one. Uh, and that's happened a couple of times. Um, I've now learned what to do and what not to do. Um, getting a gate fence, security cameras, those type of things. Once you get those in, um, that cuts down on most of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I was not, was not ready for that whatsoever. Yeah. Were they paying rent? Um, yeah, yeah, they were. Um, <laughs> okay. it was, uh, a cheap, uh, house rent for them, I guess, you know, 75 yeah. bucks a month is pretty cheap. Yeah. Was there electrical into the unit at all? No. Um, no. and they were there, um, you know, that's early July in Ohio. Oh, um, oh. I think it was 90 some that week. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't know how they were doing that. Um, yeah. and, and now that I'm, I'm getting the storage more, the more stories I hear, um, that people do squat or live or whatever you want to call it in storage yeah. from time to time. So I'm sure it'll happen again. Um, I just yeah. try to keep my eye on it. Yeah. Well, and the, the, so the, the adding the, uh, the fencing and the, the gate and the security camera cost you about 30 grand. Yeah. And I made some mistakes there. Um, the, the cameras that sell themselves were probably three grand. Um, the gate itself was probably five to eight grand, something like that. He pad all that stuff. Um, I, I made some mistakes, wasted a little bit of money. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I learned along the way and learned what not to do. Gotcha. Well, what, what, what were the mistakes? Um, one thing was stone. Uh, this is a, a, a stone facility. So I figured I'd thousand dollars would take care of the stone. I didn't do any research. That was on my, uh, you know, that was completely my fault. Um, and I spent probably five or six grand on stone and still need more stone. Um, the fence, uh, where this facility is, um, I couldn't get anybody to go down to this town, 
um, or anybody in town that wanted to put up the fence. So I paid a premium for that work. Um, I knew that, uh, but again, um, I, I didn't do a great job uh, of figuring repair costs when I went into the deal, went into the loan for the deal. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So um, when you decided to start down this path, you obviously, you hooked up with, you hooked up with Mike Wagner. Um, were there any other, any other self-storage coaches that you talked to and things like that? And you don't need to name names. Yeah, I did. Um, uh, <sighs> I think Mike was probably the second or third person I found um, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, by far the best. And I'm not getting paid or anything for that. Uh, I did try one other program and then watch some YouTube videos on another guys. Uh, and both of them were very incomplete. Um, the one guy, and both of them are well-respected in the industry. Both seem to be great guys. Uh, but as far as their program, what they teach, um, it, it wasn't the model I was looking for. Um, so yeah, Mike's fit to what, how exactly, exactly what I needed. Um, plus I could talk to him one-on-one, which was a lot, uh, uh, made things a lot easier, answered some questions that I had, mostly on the operations side. Um, as far as the real estate investing side from my single family rentals, I kind of had that down. So, uh, for storage education program, what I needed from, um, from that was more or less operations. Gotcha. Um, and, and that's something that's so important. I mean, we're not, I don't discourage people from, for, from paying for coaching. Uh, it can really accelerate um, your, your growth uh, a lot faster. Um, but it's really important when you're looking for a coach to find, to make sure that one, they're doing, they're doing the thing that you want to be doing. Um, because there's a lot of coaches out there that are, that have sort of, they've got their way of doing things. And, and some of them have not, they're not even really doing it anymore. They're just like teaching the way they used to do it and it may or may not work anymore. Um, but, and, and in some cases it just may be that they're just doing things at a level and in a way that aren't going to work for somebody like you, like yourself. And, and it's important to make sure there's an alignment of, of, uh, interest and, um, just style there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you hit nail on the head. Um, Mike's was, is more, um, uh, custom tailored, I guess the other guys were, here's a booklet, here's pamphlet, here's what you get. Um, there's no one-on-one, there's no, um, it, it's, it's how they do it. And, and that's it. Um, and I think a lot of, it was more ground up development, um, was for the one which was not what I was, um, at all doing. So yeah, it's definitely, and I spent some money on coaching last year, not only for storage, but real estate investing, networking. Um, and sometimes you have to go through that process, learning what actually works for you. Um, yeah, I probably spent a little bit more money than what I should have, but it also got me to where I needed to go. Um, so all in all, yeah, you know, it's spending money on education. If you're going to spend it, spend your money, spend it on education for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you mentioned operations. Was that the main thing that you had to learn how to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that, um, I didn't need to be on site. I didn't need to answer the calls. I didn't need to 
um, rent units. I didn't need the empty units. I couldn't wrap my head around that, even though it was explained to me. I still was like, wait a second, what if this happens? Um, and once you're in it, once you start doing it, once you find the right systems in place, it's so easy. Uh, but yeah, it took a little while to wrap my head around that. And th those were the things that I didn't, I just didn't understand until I actually got into it. Well, real quick, how do you tackle, um, you know, let's go into some detail here. How do you tackle that issue of, hey, I don't need to be on site? Yeah. Um, if your storage facility is in your backyard, you're probably going to be on site, no matter what you do. Um, my two facilities right now, one's an hour away, one's about two hours away. The next two I'm getting are both an hour away. Um once I quit my job, will I be down there? Both all four facilities more? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, once you get a boots on the ground type guy that you trust, um, things are your life is so much easier. Um, and I would say I've got my two facilities I have right now. I definitely trust one guy. However, he works full time. So I've, if I have an issue at noon on a weekday, I've got to call somebody else. Um, my other facility, actually, I called him, uh, about 11 o'clock, uh, today and he's, he has not called me back yet. Um, however, he's trustworthy. I trust him. Um, for the most part, he does what's needed. Um, uh, but he's probably a C plus player. Um, I could definitely get someone better, but I like the guy, trust him. Um, so yeah, you could definitely, if you live, you know, within 20 minutes of your facility, you're going to spend your time there. Um, I'm guessing if I had facilities five hours, six hours away, I'd go there once a year. Yeah. And what kind of things do you have these guys doing for you? Um, it varies per facility. So my first facility, there's some grass. Um, so I've got someone cutting the grass, um, uh, spraying for weeds, uh, simple stuff. And then when a tenant moves out, um, he'll go over, uh, make sure it's clean. If it's not clean, he'll clean it and then put a lock on the unit. Um, for the, pick up trash. For the most part, that's all he does at that facility. Uh, my other one's a little bit different. There's, uh, it's mostly interior hallway units. Um, and I've got water issues from roof leaks um, and other type of issues too. So yeah. he's helping me a lot with finding those issues, repairing some of the issues. Um, fixing locks, stuff like that. It's an older facility. So um, I could not use my boots on the ground type guy for my second facility. His skills don't fit that. Um, so yeah, every facility is going to be different. Uh, my third facility uh, does have grass, but also has asphalt drives. So now mm. I've got a snow plow that I'm going to need. Um, well, I'll, I'll need someone for that. So yeah, every facility is gotcha. going to need different, different tasks to, to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, was there any kind of a book? I mean, there's not really much of a book on self storage at all, but is there a book that you think has helped you at all? You know, there's uh, I'm looking at my books here. I did buy one book, um, self storage and, and it was pretty basic. Um, and I think that was probably before I talked to Mike, um, but got me, um, kind of in the game kind of, um, kind of making me determine like, okay, yeah, I, I want to go down this path. Um, this makes sense. Uh, but yeah, pretty basic book, probably hundred, 120 pages. Um, that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean all the, you know, bigger pockets has been 
I, I learned majority of my real estate investing from just that website and the books that they put out and the podcast. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue with it. Uh, I, I'm glad that if you're listening to this, I'm glad you're listening to ours and not bigger pockets, but I, you know, I can't lie there, you know, it's where I got my start as well. So, um, so, um, all of the deals now has every deal been, um, an SBA deal. Uh, of the four that I will have, um, three of them will be SBA. The one is seller financing that I'm closing on next week. Um, mm -hmm. That one for the price is probably not a great deal, but I'm getting seller financing at 0% for three years, um, yeah. which at that makes it a pretty good deal. Yeah, gotcha. So what does a, a day in the life of a self-storage investor look like now? I mean, you, I know you still have a full-time job, but as far as what you're having to do, uh, what sort of daily things are you having to do in, in the self-storage realm? Yeah, um, going to the post office, collecting checks. Uh, and again, that's something that I need to work to get away from and try to get more people signed up by paying by ACH or credit card. Um, answering emails from my support center, um, relaying information, uh, empty units that need swept out to my boots on the ground type guys. And again, we're talking um, between my two facilities right now. I don't, if I've got four or five move outs a month, that's probably a lot. Um, I'm having more move ins. In fact, my one facility is as of today, hundred percent full. Um, so time to start raising rates. Yeah. And I did um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, right now I'm highest in town and at least for wow. street rates. Um, yeah. So, and I'm kind of hoping cause they're already low. So I'm hoping other competitors see that and start raising their rates as well. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, my second facility needs more work and I could be a year from now still saying, yeah, I'm almost done with getting all the work done. Um, so yeah, it's each facility is maybe an hour a day or hour, uh, a week. Um, and a lot of it is, uh, running to the post office and collecting checks. Gotcha. So you've, um, you've got the call center. What is the, uh, what is the call center? Uh, basically they're taking their fielding calls, any calls that come in, um, uh, they'll rent the units. Um, if there's an issue, actually the other, what was it last week? I got an issue with, um, cockroaches in one of the units. So they will then pass the information along to me. Um, and then I'll pass the information along to the boots on the ground guy. Um, I do believe I can actually pawn that off to, to take me out of that. So I'm not the middleman. Um, mm -hmm. however, there, it's such minimal work at this point that yeah. I would rather know of those issues and make sure they're taken care of. Um, and again, it's so minimal right now. Now, three, four five months from now, I may, um, have second thoughts about that, but right now the, the issues are so small. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're doing the one thing that I wish they would do that they do not is collections. Um, I still do that myself, um, uh, probably should do a better job. Uh, but they do not do collections. They're there to take field phone calls and rent units. Mm, gotcha. Um, and what's the name of the company? Uh, Easy Storage Solutions. And their website, their website, call center, and um, um, sorry, lost my train of thought. Website, call gotcha. center, and uh, uh, by gate is all integrated into one. So gotcha. if someone doesn't pay uh, uh, by the 10th, they're locked out. They're late in the system, and then they're locked out at the gate. 
So they can't even get in. That happens automatically. So it's, gotcha. that's been a huge key to the success is all that being integrated uh, where I'm hands off and it, the system just does it itself. And uh, would you mind me asking what, how much that costs? Yeah. Uh, and again, everybody's different. Uh, I think it's partly when you sign up with them, it's how many units you have, how many facilities, all those type of things. But it's roughly um, $2.70 per unit uh, plus around 7500 bucks per month for the website and the gate integration. Um, gotcha. So my one facility is roughly, I think it's roughly 300 and some dollars a month for it, which, you know, I, I'm not going to find that with, I, I couldn't pay someone $300 a month and filled phone calls. Um, you know, that's just impossible. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so you, most of these you've all found by direct mail. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. You're just sending it, just sending it. You're just going from a list. You're sending, you know, mail directly. Are you following up then with a phone call? Um, I have knock on wood. I haven't really had to follow up. Um, I've had great success in my campaigns and that's partly because I'm, I'm targeting smaller towns, um, and targeting, um, smaller mom and pop facilities where I see there's, there are issues, whether yeah. there's no website, um, I, I do a lot of driving through Google Maps. So I'll drive by, you know, Google Maps and, um, you know, if there's no fence, if the grass is high, you know, just like buying a, a single family rental doing uh, uh, driving for dollars, it's the same type of thing. Um, so my lists are very focused on what I'm looking for. So that's why I've had pretty good success. Um, out of the four facilities, I've probably sent uh, roughly 150 letters somewhere in that ballpark. Um, wow. and probably another four to six people have said they're interested in selling. Um, it just haven't worked out to, you know, get on the right page and whether it's a numbers or timing or whatever. So. Gotcha. And you pretty much just drew a circle, you know, about two hours around your, your hometown. You're just going from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Look at every small town. Um, the smaller, uh, the small, smaller the towns scare me. Um, I'm trying to stay around at least 10,000 uh, people yeah. and above. Uh, anything smaller than that just scares me. Yeah, I was looking at a deal uh, this week uh, in Alabama. You may have run across it as well. Uh, and the town was 1,000 people. And it had three self-storage facilities in town. I'm kind of like you know, I don't know, you know, it's just a little too small for me. It's just numbers, certain numbers. You just can't, you yeah. know, you can't, get, you can't get past it if there's just nobody there. Right. Yeah. And I do know people that have um, had great success with 2000 people in a small town with three facilities in that area. Um, I don't get it. I don't think for me that I don't want to take that risk on at least right now. Um, in fact, I did look at a pro, uh, facility, um, and probably could have bought it where there was about 1500 people there. It, it just didn't, to me, it didn't make sense. You know, I, yeah. if you've got 10 empty units, you know, well, where are you going to find those 10 people? You can only market yeah. to so many people. Yeah, exactly. So, so what do you believe is the most critical skill that you've had to learn? That's, that's been, uh, you know, responsible for your success. Uh, the, I don't know about the biggest scale, but one of the biggest is probably, um, what I'm finding are 
most people are afraid to just take action. Um, they're either stuck in analysis paralysis or they're, um, they say they don't have enough money or whatever excuse they can come up with. They find a way not to get it done. Uh, and that's probably fear-based. Um, so to me, you know, that goes back to the very first single family rental that I bought. Um, yeah, I was a little fearful, but I also knew, um, it was going to turn out better than if I put my money in, uh, the stock market or something I couldn't control. Um, I've been around real estate my whole life. So I've, I had confidence that I was going to, it was going to be the right decision. Uh, but yeah, you know, just get over the fear and, and just do it. And, and, uh, you're going to get punched in the face. You just got to keep moving. Um, it's part of the process and part of the learning process. Um, so how many hours would you say, uh, per week that you're having to put into just the self storage side of your business? Um, see so yeah, that, that kind of varies. Cause right now I'm right now I'm working with SBA loans. Um, <laughs> so that's most of my time. Um, but take that out, take out the, the banks and the, the financial, you know, the, the lending, um, maybe in two, two hours a week, maybe. Um, now I'm also a person that, um, doesn't like to just sit still. Um, and right now my nine to five job is pretty slow, um, just cause of everything that's going on in the world. Um, so I, I'm more or less, um, finding things to improve upon. Uh, with my storage business. Um, and that, that's another reason why I like storage. My single family rentals, it was, you rent it, you put someone in it. For the most part, you're done unless you get phone calls uh, with issues. With storage, it's a business. So if I want to up my marketing or try a different marketing method, uh, if I want to look for other deals, whatever it is, it seems like there's always something to do in storage. Um, it's more of a passive business, but it's still a business that you have to have your hands on. And I like that. I like having, um, I guess, something to work on. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've interviewed AJ Osborne, um, who I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Yeah. He's, he's a big, uh, he's, he's really taken off in self-storage and he really hammered home the point that this is a business. And you, when you buy it, you're not just buying a real estate asset. You need to realize that you are buying a business and you need to have a business plan for how you're going to execute and improve that property. It's not, you know, it's almost like a house flipper when they're thinking about, all right, if I, you know, if I uh, make the, the grounds look nicer and I, I, I upgrade the kitchen and the floors and the paint, things like that, I'm going to be able to charge this much more in rent. With self-storage, it's, you know, I'm going to have to improve the grounds. I'm going to have to stick a, a gate up around it. I'm going to have to improve the security. Uh, I'm going to put a website up and that's, you know, but that's all, it's all business related. It's not actually real estate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the shift that I was making going from single family rentals, I want to get into multifamily because one scalability and value add um, rentals have that rentals have, uh, you could probably make the argument more of a value add depending on what you buy and where you buy. Um, so I, I love that factor. And from what I'm finding, the value add doesn't stop. Um, just, you know, we talked about, I'm not charging enough for rent. Um, each time I have, you know, if I've got one size of unit that's available, I jack that price up or two, you know, whatever it is. So minimal. So it's constant value add. Um, 
you know, I, I could be a year from now still increasing rents over on that same property. Um, you know, there's a, there's tenant insurance that you can add. So the value add is is really what what drew me to, to storage as well. Gotcha. That's same here. Um, so you invest. Most of them are you know one to two hours away, uh, and you said you're you're getting pretty close to the point where you're going to feel comfortable um, punching out of your W two job. Uh, once you've got those four facilities and you feel that level of comfort, is this the kind of thing where you could say, you know what, I'm tired of living in Columbus. We're going to go and move to Florida and, and maintain this operation up here. Would you feel comfortable doing that? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, uh, I don't think my wife is on board for that, at least right now, but as far as operation standpoint, yeah, I absolutely would. Um, um, in fact, my next step will probably be to uh, venture out and find more facilities outside that two hour, uh, whether it is places like Florida or South Carolina, places where we can um, go once or twice a year, look at the facility and take a vacation at the same time. Um, that's probably my next step. Yeah. Gotcha. I love it. All right. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing with us today. If uh, any of our listeners want to get to know more about you and, and maybe chat with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Uh, probably email. Uh, my email is uh, l4rentalgroup at gmail. And that's uh, uh, letter L, the number four, and then rental group at email. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, those of you that uh, are on um, Mike Wagner's uh, new storage platform, I'm on that. Um, so yeah, those three are probably the, the main ones. Gotcha. And that's the storage rebellion. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. On the many networks, I believe it's under. Gotcha. Okay. Well, John, thanks again. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Okay. That was John Farling from L4 Rental Group. Uh, we certainly enjoyed his time and it was great uh, chatting to him and getting to meet him. Um, as far as the key lesson learned from this interview, I would say, find a way to take action. You know, I mean, it's so many real estate investors, myself included, get bogged down in analysis paralysis and fear and things like that. And really, if you can find a way to tackle a smaller deal, like a single family home, rather than trying to, to go out and buy a $500,000 self storage facility, um, when you've never run a self storage facility, uh, you know, is a daunting task. So you know, it's okay. It is okay to start with a single family home or two or three um, before to, to just get used to this game and the idea of finding deals and dealing with uh, contractors and lenders and all the moving parts that go into uh, buying a piece of buying an investment property. Um, also, uh, how did he acquire his knowledge? He, he hired a mentor. Uh, he paid a little bit of money, it was not a lot of money, um, and hired Mike Wagner uh, to mentor him through, uh, through the process of, of self-storage investing. And the main thing that Mike taught him, he said that has really uh, helped him in his success was just teaching him the operations of self-storage. And especially when it comes to an unmanned facility like the kinds of little small bite-sized facilities that he's buying. Um, there's a real, that, that's a very different, a dairy, very different business model from a, a much larger facility where there's an onsite manager and, and maybe third party management and things like that. 
um, how much money did it take him to get started? He got started. It took him about $60,000 of his own capital to buy a uh, $375,000 facility. And that included, it was an SBA loan. Uh, and that included about $30,000 uh, towards uh, renovations that allowed him to put a fence around it and put up security and electrical and all that. So how much time does he spend on his endeavors now that it's up and running? He said, obviously, right now, when he is dealing with the SBA, uh, which is, uh, you know, which it's difficult dealing with lenders, normal lenders, when you're dealing with the SBA, it's, it's like I said, it's like dealing with the IRS and a bank, a bank underwriter at the same time. Uh, it takes a lot of time. But he said, when things are normal, he spends about two hours a week on it. And, and that's great because of the systems and the operations that he, he learned how to do. Could he do this strategy from anywhere in the world? The answer is yes. Uh, he, he said, I'm not necessarily my wife wouldn't, it doesn't sound like his life, wife has any desire to leave uh, Columbus, Ohio, but um, the facilities that he's got and the way he's got the operations running, he could basically go and live anywhere he wants. So. Once again, uh, that was John Farling from L4 Rental Group. Uh, check him out if you want to reach out to him, l4rentalgroup at gmail.com. We're doing this all again next week, so let's hit the road. Bye. Hey, before you go, if you like the show, we would be delighted if you'd head over to Podchaser and leave us an honest review. And do let us know why you like the show, how long you've been listening, and in particular, what you find really useful or entertaining. And let us know if there's anything you think we should change. Also, if you have specific questions about real estate investing, especially self-storage or short-term rentals, shoot us an email at info at roadtofamilyfreedom.com and we'll be happy to answer your question on the show. We might even turn it into an entire episode. Thanks for listening. We're doing this all again next week. Until then, safe travels.